Hi, this is Brant Trebor, author of The Road to Grandeur. I hope you've loved the story so far. Please, after the end of this chapter, listen because there's a special announcement coming. And this will be chapter 34, Running Away. Jade sprinted across the flats just outside the city of Grandeur. Many months earlier, she had jumped across rooftops running for her life. At that time, three trained assassins had pursued her to kill her because a fat man had suspected she might have potential. If that man had known how much potential she really had, he would not have sent three assassins. He would have sent an army. Jade had spent her life thinking she was to remain a street urchin, just scraping by. Her new friends had given her insight that perhaps she had more to offer. She chanced to glance backwards to see the Balsrak had narrowed the gap to less than 50 feet and continued to close. Jade stopped and turned to face the creature. Her sudden movement caused the Balsrak to slow its approach. Didn't I tell you that you were walking into a trap? Jade asked. Oh, do your worst, little girl. The other fools may manage to survive, but it's your time that is up. The creature ran straight at Jade. It smiled in anticipation of the kill. Jade stood her ground as it closed the distance. She thought of Slicey. The time for words had ended. Only actions remained. The Bosrak pounced straight toward Jade's chest. In that moment, time slowed. Jade lifted her hands. She did this not to protect herself, but to bring up her weapon. The Bosrak had killed hundreds in its time. It saw its prey raise her hands to defend herself, but it could easily slide through physical defenses. The taunts from this creature meant nothing. The defense of this creature meant nothing. No trap could stop a Bosrak. The white-faced man had stated truly, only a Bosrak could stop a Bosrak. It pounced, and in midair, it realized that this time, its prey actually had a trap ready. In Jade's hands, she held her tiny weapon. Instantly, Fang, the tiny familiar, expanded into a pure white Bosrak. The previous boom from the conjured potato was nothing compared to the deafening explosion of the conjured Bosrak. While the creature continued its path toward Jade's chest, Fang entered the black Bosrak's body first. Jade jumped as the creature continued, but she could not move in time. It plunged into Jade's chest. Instantly, Jade could not breathe. She felt an icy fist had grabbed her heart. Pain shot through her whole body. Jade yelled out, twisted and turned and rolled on the ground, but the pain continued. She could not breathe. She had no doubt. Her plan had failed. She was going to die. No matter how hard she tried, she could not take in a breath of air. Her body hungered for a single breath that she could not take. Her body vibrated with pain. After 10 seconds, Jade felt a weight within her had been lifted. Jade gasped several deep breaths. Just the simple act of breathing had never felt so good. Her body still ached, but the intense pain eventually lifted. Her vision slowly cleared. She lay on her side and opened her eyes. A white Bosrak sat in front of her, cleaning her paws. Fang? asked Jade between gasps of air. The white cat watched her, purring. Who else? it said. 
Jade groaned. Her body ached everywhere. You, you can talk, she choked out between breaths. Then Jade groaned and realized that her chest still hurt. Uh, what, what happened to the Bosrak? Dead, said Fang. Jade turned and saw a mass of rumpled black fur. The rest of the group quickly caught up and surrounded her. Marl cried openly at his failure yet again to protect his friend. Cameron took a medical approach, checking her out from head to toe. He also used his talent to scan her from the inside out. But, other than a few scrapes, Jade had no injuries. I'm, I'm okay, Cameron, really, Jade said, followed by a groan she couldn't muffle, all while still on the ground. But why, Jade? Why did you do it? He asked. Well, I didn't have time to do anything else. That thing was after me. Not you, not Marl, me. I wasn't going to let anyone else get hurt over me. There was nothing anyone could do. You said it yourself. You didn't know how to stop that thing. Slicey was the one who gave me the idea, said Jade. Whoa, 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 said Slicey. I didn't say go potato crazy and then run off and fight a Bosrak by yourself. I knew you were nuts, but not insane. How did you know it would work? asked Marie. I, I didn't, said Jade. It should not have worked, actually, said a newcomer. The voice came from Brutus, but it was Yao, the conjuring master, speaking. All her previous transformations had been just in shape or color. This time she conjured for real. She actually changed Fang into a real Bosrak. Conjuring a familiar is one thing. Making familiars is the second highest level of conjuring possible. The only higher form is to actually give a familiar a life of its own. It seems that Jade managed to do that, amid the chaos of the moment, no less, said Yao. Well, at least she gave me a form in which I can speak, said Fang. The cat looked over its pure white fur. I think she did a fantastic job, though I will miss being changed into a panther to scare Cameron. I truly enjoyed that. Hilarious, said Cameron. Kevin, said Mullet. They all looked back to see his lanky form still on the ground. The group ran back. Cameron arrived first. He shook his head. Kevin was dead. No, no, it, it can't be, cried Sarah. He's dead, Sarah. And though I'm truly, truly sorry, we have to go now, said Cameron. Mullet lumbered over to Cameron's side. He still appeared quite pale from his interaction with the Bosrak. He remained silent for a few moments, kneeling by Kevin's still form. Cameron kept his eyes closed, laying his hand on the man and using his talent to feel any spark of life. I'm sorry, Cameron said, taking a deep breath. He scanned the group, looking at each individual. Slowly, he shook his head. The group stood silent for a minute for their fallen friend. I know we'd all love to relax after our ordeal, but more trouble will be coming soon. We have to go, said Slicey. We, said Cameron. I already told you, you are not part of the we, Slicey. Cameron, said Jade. What? He, he has to come with us. 
I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know what past you two have had, but he saved my life more than once today. You're the leader of this group, but he has to come, said Jade. Cameron sighed. He looked over the members one at a time. All eyes were on him, waiting for him to take the lead. If I'm in charge, then my word is final. I need not only your respect, but your loyalty. If I say something, you must obey even if you disagree with me. I've, I've made some mistakes in the past. Maybe, well, maybe this is my chance to make up for them. But all of you, he looked at Slicey, all of you must respect what I say as a command. Can you, will you do this, all of you? He looked around the group. Each person nodded when Cameron looked him or her in the eye. Each of the pixies did the same, as well as the familiar Brutus. Cameron stared at Fang for over a minute. I realize true free will is new to you, Fang, but if you are to be part of this group, you must also agree, he said. The cat looked up at Jade miserably. Do you know what you're asking of me, Cameron? Do you really know? Fang asked. A Balzrak's oath is bound by its life, said Slicey. Nearly any creature can break its oath, but a Balzrak cannot or it dies. You're asking Fang to go from a creature that has not only just gained life but also freedom and return to a life of servitude, said Slicey. I'm sorry to do this to you, but this is the only way. Will you follow me? Cameron asked again. The Bosrak looked again at Jade. This is the only way I can stay with Jade? Fang asked. It is, Cameron answered. Then I agree, said the Bosrak. Slicey spoke up. Your Majesty, may I make a suggestion? Cameron glared at Slicey but let him continue. Being a creature of the abyss, a Bosrak is part demon. Now, I know we all love our cute little white kitty here, but she has the potential for disaster. Might I suggest that part of her oath is that she never kills? One kill, a single taste of a human soul would be enough to corrupt her. After that first taste, I doubt any of us would be able to stop her. Cameron again looked at Fang. <laughs> I give you my oath. I will not kill anything or anyone without permission, said the cat. Fine. First order of business is you, Slicey, Cameron said. Cameron, said Jade. He silenced her with a look. Against my better judgment, a chosen has demanded you stay in the group. Well, we have a long way to go. With a group this size, it may take months to get to our next location. You tell us everything about you from the beginning. You will leave nothing out. After they learn everything, and I mean everything about you. We can all decide if we want to keep you as part of the group or not, said Cameron. Everything? Slicey asked. From the beginning, said Cameron. Your Majesty, can I leave out my little run-in with the mermaids? Everything pertinent, Slicey. From the beginning, said Cameron. Well, if this is the only way I can be part of this little suicidal adventure, so be it, said Slicey. Slicey, why do you keep calling Cameron your majesty? asked Jade. Slicey looked down at her, then up at Cameron. You, you, 
You didn't tell them? They, they don't know? he asked. No, said Cameron. Now let's collect what we need. We have a long trip ahead. None of them know? asked Slicey again. He seemed really amazed by this. Included in your story, Slicey. Now let's get going, said Cameron. Where are we going, Cam? Marie asked. Verara, said Cameron. Gasps came from the group, but no one disagreed with the choice. Tally mentioned something about changing her vote for the leader. Believe me, this would not be my first choice either. That is where Sarah feels the pull for the next member of the group, so that is where we go, he said. Um, Cameron, isn't that where the vampires live? Sarah asked. Cameron gazed toward the horizon, lost in thought for a second. Yes. That's what I thought, she said. Chapter 35 Slicey's Tale Three hours later, after hastily assembling supplies, the group began their journey along the high road out of grandeur. A physician by the name of Cameron led the group. Marie, his assistant, who happened to be a trained warrior, a war sage, rode next to him on her horse. A young girl named Jade rode a horse for the first time. Marl, a rock troll who seemed happy to have a friend, ran alongside her. Inside Jade's saddlebag, a small white cat that could pass through solid objects groomed itself. An enormous giant named Mullet rode a monstrous warhorse. His head hung low as he rode, for his closest friend had just been killed. On his shoulder, Tally, the pixie, attempted in vain to lighten his spirits. The man had not cried in two decades, but tears poured from his eyes. In the middle of this group rode a man with a white face bearing a wicked scar named Slicey. A young woman, Sarah, rode with John and Lucy, two small pixies flying nearby, also mourning the loss of their friend Kevin. As they rode away from the city, a monstrous dog watched them leave. An old man leaned against the dog as the group disappeared on the horizon. The group traveled in silence the first day. Mullet's mood had slowly infused the group. The next day, the group plodded at a steady pace, passing multiple groups approaching the enormous city of grandeur. It took quite some time, but eventually Cameron's group had no one around them but themselves. Well, Slicey, said Cameron. I suppose it's time, he said. My story is... Well, it's one of darkness. This is a fool's tale, in more than one sense of the word, but I can't start off there. I'll let you make your own judgment. All I ask is that you try to put yourself in my situation. What would you have done? What would you do when faced with the same situations? Said Slicey. I was born in the dark kingdom of Xantia, in the city of Monk. Slicey began. The End This ends Book 1 of the Jaded series. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a long labor of love for me. I've loved reading it, and I hope you liked listening to it as well. The second book is done. It's finished, and it's out, available on Amazon and on Kindle. Um, sometime down the road, I may be putting on a podcast, but probably not in the near future. Currently, if you really want to help me out, 
what you could do is go to Amazon and put a review of this first book, of The Road to Grandeur. Just go on Amazon and sign in and put on a review. That really helps out a ton. Um, currently, I think I have somewhere around 40-ish reviews. Um, if I can get that to be over 50 or 55, that's about kind of my line in the sand. I mean, every review helps. And then I'm going to probably, if you can get that over that high, I will be putting maybe the first chapter of the next book on the podcast as well. So there's your incentive to leave a review on the Amazon site. And if interested, just go to Amazon and look for A Fool's Choice by Brant Trebor, because that's the next book available right now. We'll see you guys down the road. Thanks for listening.